Welcome to Dungeons & Dinners, where the love of fantasy is food for thought. I'm your host, Brett Lindley, and today I'd like to talk about one of the most famous starting locations in all of D&D. Today's episode is all about the Humble Tavern. Welcome! Take a seat anywhere. Be right with you. The Tavern. You have spent your time preparing your adventure. You have gone through the notes. You have towns, you have continents, you have rivers, you have dungeons, you have monsters. But you need to get all of the players together. Now, there's a lot of ways to do this, of course. There's always numerous ways, an infinite number of ways to get your entire party together. But one of the most common and one of the simplest is to have everybody start in a tavern. It, it's just iconic. It's a it's one of the cliches that I feel like is a great one to use. And even if you don't start in a tavern, there's always going to be a tavern in most adventures or a bar or a restaurant. In, in some way, they hold a huge amount of significance in getting your players together or as a place where adventures happen. And this isn't just in D&D. We're going to go through a ton of examples of it. It's just everywhere and reasons why it's everywhere and the joy and the fun that you can have to take your tavern from just kind of a location that exists as a square box room where your characters are allowed to eat and sleep for a modest fee to something that can be a real integral part of any campaign or adventure from beginning to middle to end. So why is it great to start in a tavern? Well, it's where people go to meet people. Uh, it's where people go to eat and drink and sleep, especially for people who do not own a home in the location. It's part hotel, part restaurant. It's this wonderful combination of where people need to be to find whatever they need to get their, their, their adventure going or as a stop along the way. So on top of food and drink, you tend to, and and lodging as <laughs> place to sleep. Most taverns also have, you know, as a starting location, it's it's incredibly easy to throw in a, a wizard or a rogue in the corner. There's nothing more iconic than the kind of shady individual that sticks out from the crowd who must obviously be a quest giver of some kind. <laughs> and there are so many real world adventures that happen in bars and taverns and locations. Uh, I, I won't go into a massive history lesson here, but a tavern called, literally called the Green Dragon Tavern was notably known as the headquarters of revolution during the Revolutionary War in the United States. And was where secret meetings were held, where revolutionaries came to, you know, make plans. The Boston Tea Party was planned there, and it was the starting location for Paul Revere's famous ride. So it's it's literally more than just a bar. It's a place where, you know, it, it's public enough that people can meet without... Uh, you know, in a way that it's probably not going to break out into a fight. The more people that are in an area, the more likely it is that, you know, the more likely that bad things won't be happening because there's social pressure, right? If, you, if you're if you going, you know, 
to assassinate someone, you're not going to want to do it when they're in the public eye. You want to do it in a secluded location. In the same way, if you don't want to be assassinated, uh, having your secret meetings uh, in or near a bar is going to make it easier for you to kind of get away with them. It's also just a great place to be hidden in plain sight. Having a secret room or a, a storehouse or a cellar underneath or attached to the bar is just a fun location where you've got what looks like an innocuous place, a very simple and, you know, tried and true place where a few people go to get dinner and turns out, you know, a single passphrase to the barkeep or, or maybe a bouncer at the front door gets you in and gets you access to a secret club or a, a shady back dealing room or maybe something a little bit more elegant and classy where uh, a more low class bar actually may hide a very high class, high society place underneath where masquerade balls and people can go and to not be known and and have their adventures there. It's kind of where the common folk seek common adventure. But that doesn't mean that you can't have grand adventures be a part of that. So it's just such a great place where all of these things come together and all of these people come together. And through that, you can start almost any adventure. Think about how many famous movies, TV shows comics, any sort of media where there is an adventure generally has at least one scene uh, of people, you know, in a bar or in a tavern enjoying, if not being completely centered around this location. What would Pulp Fiction be without the bar, right? Uh, Fight Club, Shaun of the Dead, um... The Godfather, like the list goes on and on, where if it's not the the absolute center of the movie, there's still a, a very notable and important location. And sometimes it's it's notable for the entire thing, sometimes it's notable just as a starting point, and sometimes it's notable as a place to finish. And others, it's it's involved throughout the whole thing as a place where people come back to consistently. Not just as a starting location, as I said, but um, as a place where you can come back to. Players and characters, especially if there are towns involved or cities, are probably going to spend a lot of their time in between the major points in a session at shops and taverns. Uh, shops during the day and taverns at night. That's So those are your two key locations in most cities and should be fleshed out just as well as the dungeons or encounters that may happen in and around the city themselves. A lot of players tend to kind of, or DMs may skip making the tavern an interesting place. And I think that that's a, you know, if you're a more combat-centric gamer, then that's fine. Because if there's not a lot of roleplay, you're not really terribly interested in building on that. And it's, yes, just a place to sleep. But in an adventure where you want a lot of roleplay, a lot of ways that you can help encourage that with your players is through fleshing out the the locations that they're going to be spending the most time at. And if they're going to be spending a lot of time in and around 
a location in between their adventures, it's it's a good idea to make that a, a, that location maybe even more fleshed out than the general city itself. It, it's a lot to try to plan a whole city with every street and every house and every shop. But you can more easily explain away the the common look and feel of the city and the noise on the street without you know having to go into too much detail the general architecture the the general noise the general feel but the tavern itself you should go into detail on because there can be a lot to do there and there can be a lot of adventure to be had in this place not just between the characters and conversations, but we'll get into some more, you know, some different ideas for for getting adventure from small adventure to kind of big adventure as we go here. So, but before we get there, I want to set up what sets up the atmosphere of a tavern. So it depends on your type of tavern, but that's one of the first things that you may want to look into. Is it classy? Is it upscale with velvet-lined furniture, or soft silks and furs? Is it rustic, where everything is made of splintered wood with worn edges from where people commonly move their drinks or sit in the chairs? What does it smell like? Smell is a hugely important way to deliver information in kind of a more uncommon sense that we still engage with a lot. Do you smell mold and rust from aged tankards that haven't been kept care of very well? Uh, does it smell like rose water boiling in a corner? Uh, incense from the local church? There's a no- so many ways that you can... Does it just smell like food? Describe the smell of the food. Does it smell kind of rotten? Like old grog mixed with water? Or does it smell like fine wines and cheeses or something in between maybe it just smells like home cooking all of these things are ways that you can entice a player and kind of get them engaged people may see with their eyes first but they hear and smell very quickly after is it a noisy bar is it a very quiet uh very hushed tones and murmurings of people having quiet conversations because it's very upscale. Is there somebody playing? Uh, Bards are going to frequent these places because that's where they make the bulk of their money, right? Is by playing shows. Uh, So a bard or a band can do a lot to increase the atmosphere of a place. So on top of the smells, sights, and sounds in the bar, there's another very important character in every tavern, or at least can be. And that is the tavern keeper or the barkeep or an owner of some sort. This is the person that generally is in charge of the establishment, even if they don't own it. The barkeep is kind of the central figurehead. They're the one that welcomes people in. They're the one that kicks people out. uh, And they're the one that make and serve the food. And so they're going to be the person that hears the most information from everybody else that visits this place. They're going to talk with many customers. They're going to be a a general just library of knowledge of the town and location. And their attitude, their voice, the the type of establishment they have is all going to dictate the types of things that they are probably going to know about. 
And it's going to be the person that the character is going to interact with probably the most on a regular basis. If they return to this location, they're going to be where they order their food, get their room, ask for information, uh, buy drinks, you know. So make this character a robust character. Make them somebody that has some traits, some flaws, some quirks. Make them exciting or mysterious or anything that you can do to to get a little bit of hook and cause a little intrigue with the party. It's going to get players to want to interact with them more if they're excited about this character or even fearful. Don't forget that these are characters that have may or may not have been adventurers, but if not, they've still seen enough rough and tumble things that they've got to be able and willing to kick people out of their bar or settle disputes that happen because they don't want their business being destroyed. Give this character some life and it will bring out the 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 feel of the location should kind of be embodied in the tavern keeper or be completely opposing. Although it's probably unlikely that a high elf affluent kind of feeling character is going to be running the smallest hole in the wall bar in the town. But maybe their cooking just really isn't appreciated in this, you know, dwarven city. <laughs> maybe they just feel uh, underappreciated that their their understanding of cuisine is just not something that people go for around here. And likewise, it's probably unlikely that a goblinoid of some sort runs the most noble establishment in the area. But maybe they made a name for themselves, or they, you know a life debt was owed to them by a local lord or something for, for saving the lord's life, and then they're allowed to be the only monster in town that runs a business, or something like that. It can happen. You can always find a way to make the unlikely possible. Outside of the Tavern Keeper, one of the other important things that I feel like is skipped a lot, which I suppose it can be, it's not necessarily as important as it is, has potential to bring depth to a location or an adventure or a campaign is the food and the drink. Of course, this is Dungeons and Dinners, so where would we be without the dinner itself? What is there to drink in the tavern? What is there to eat? Uh, what is the local flavor, right? What do the general populace want to eat versus what is at this establishment? Is it, like we said, the the establishment where a... a a fluent cook comes from a faraway land and tries to bring their cooking here, and it's just not really going over very well, but could be very good cooking. Um, or is it the other way around? Is Are all of the cooks in the town just kind of bad? And so the local, you know, high-influence establishment just doesn't have the resources or the people to be able to cook for their wealthy customers. And, and the food there is just kind of bad. Um, are both of these places in the same city? And is there a way to bring them together? To bring the affluent chef over to the, the rich tavern? Is there some reason why they won't hire them? Or is there some kind of bad blood there that may need taken care of? Um, again... All kinds of things that you can do and, and bring into an adventure to make adventures occur. But back to the food and the drink itself. These are places where you can, as a dungeon master, have just a ton of fun. Um, you can bring in story and intrigue by 
introducing local family names into especially the drinks. Those are usually going to be brewed off-site unless it's a brewery. And bring in names and references to some of the political nature of the area. Or it can all be imported from outside of town or from local farms in the distance. If it has name, it's probably more important than if it's just the standard ale that's brewed up by some random local. But if it's a fine wine, and the Lancasters are, you know, a, a well-known and reputable family in the area, then that's going to be important information that you can convey in a way that's kind of subtle, maybe a little bit more behind the scenes, that if players pick up on it, great. And if they don't, it's not going to be a linchpin. But if they do, it's another one of those places where you can drop a breadcrumb. It's also just a place where you can have a lot of fun. What what kind of wild names have you seen at themed restaurants for what is essentially a burger and fries? Um, everything from the call-outs of something like a Waffle House, where people get, you know, hash browns, you know, smothered and covered and whatever, to, you know, names of strange meals. Maybe the meal itself isn't strange, but it has a strange name. Maybe the meal has a very plain name and is, in fact, a strange meal made from, you know, some monster in the woods that's relatively common and something that is hunted regularly in this area, um, especially places like the Underdark, where... You don't have as general uh, flora and fauna as deer and pigs and chickens. So have fun making some names for these types of things. Name your drinks. Uh, famously named drinks like the Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster, of which is notable name in, in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's something that you can have some fun with and make it ridiculous and give your players... A little bit of adventure that way. So in addition, because you, this is in, more often than not is going to be an in-between place. Players go adventure, they go dive in the dungeon, they come back to the tavern, they celebrate, they drink, they plan their next step. But that doesn't mean that you can't give them things to do there, outside of just paying a few gold for beers in a room and a dinner. Why not have an eating contest? How many restaurants can you name or think of that have a, a wall of pictures of people who have completed the 92-ounce steak with 10 potatoes worth of french fries or whatever, right? An eating contest is a great way to get a few dice rolls in. It can also drain a little bit more money because this is not going to be as cheap of a meal. It's not going to be your standard few silver. This is going to be a challenge that you have to pay in for to partake in and give a, a notable DC to it and have the character with highest constitution try to chunk everything down, see if they can do it within the time limit. Make multiple checks. Make an entire game out of it. Make each item on the plate something slightly different. Um, maybe one of the items is not technically poisoned, but something that's so foul to eat that eating it is going to give them the poison condition or disadvantage on their next roll. They're going to have to figure out which item is which, which food to eat first, which food to eat last, and try to understand, you know, the mechanics of this this single plate of food, <laughs> or maybe multiple plates, depending on how big the challenge is. 
Additionally, you can have other types of games. There's almost always going to be someone with a deck of cards. This is kind of, you know, a pretty common trope. But things that I haven't seen in a lot of taverns that are common in the real world are other types of games, uh, like darts or pool. Uh, these are places where you can give characters with intelligence or dexterity chances to roll on a game to play out in a bar for either betting between each other or local people, or just to pass some of the time, or maybe even curry favor. Uh, there's always somebody who is going to be the best game player in the area. They're going to be fairly well known, and beating them may be the only way to get a nugget of information that they otherwise may not have been able to acquire in the area, or to gain faith or trust within a certain faction, or just some reputation as being the people who beat Sideswiper the pool expert. Um, all of these things are ways to introduce some lore and some depth, and make going to the tavern more than just where you go in between adventures. Additionally, I just like beating this this you know, pool expert gives them information, the tavern is going to be where all sorts of information is stored. Gossip travels fast, especially through a tavern. You introduce a little bit of ale, a little bit of grog, a little bit of alcohol or wine to the situation, and people become loose-lipped. So who else would know more about all of the rumors than the barkeeper, or even the frequent tenants that come in, the the regular customers are going to hear and know quite a bit of information, and this is a great way to set up an adventure, or at least to set up the next stage. Uh, it's it's a way to hear things like the the local lord has been seen maybe making a back alley deal with a pharmacist. Why were they there? What was he buying that he couldn't buy in person? What happens at night? that only the, the night owls that frequent the bar get to see as they walk through the town. Maybe there's whispers of cult members that only come out on the full moon, or on certain days of the month or the week. Maybe there's creatures that are terrorizing the merchants that have caused a shortage of ale in the area that is something that is going to significantly impact the bar. All of these things are going to be very popular topics of discussion that possibly more than one person at the bar are going to be talking about at a time. So use it as a way to jumpstart your next area. Or if the players are stuck and you feel like maybe they need a clue or a hint to get them going in the, in the right direction, whenever they visit a tavern next, so no more than probably a day if they're in a city or a couple of days if they're outside of one, when the players are feeling like giving up, you don't have to railroad them to the next location, but you also don't have to starve them of information either. Maybe since it's been a little bit of time, a new piece of information just came through today that we just heard that now the pharmacist has been dealing with someone else outside of town, uh, you know, maybe a, a bandit leader of some sort or a notable character in your adventure that now maybe links uh, these two pieces together that otherwise weren't linked before because the characters may have missed an important detail or didn't visit a particular location. You've got to be able and willing to provide them that information in a way that, you know, maybe they were supposed to find the bandit or fight the bandit 
earlier in the adventure, and because they didn't do that, now they're missing the note that he has in his pocket that, you know, has the request from the pharmacist that goes to the Lord for the poison of whatever. But just because they missed out on that doesn't mean that you have to hard nose and, and be, no, you have to do the adventure my way. Give them the information, or at least a hint towards that information, in another form. And you can always, always drop that information as gossip in a tavern. The tavern is your tool. Of course, adventurers that are starting to gain notability are going to be recognized there as well. So people may always come up to them either trying to ask for their lowly woes and problems to be solved, or maybe they just want an autograph because the players are becoming slightly famous. It's also a great, great way if players are making too much progress to throw them off. Not every rumor is true. In fact, most of them aren't, but may have a smile, small basis in truth. But just as many are going to be tall tales or utter fabrications. You can always have a wild goose chase, or something that's too good to be true to throw players off the chase, and have them find out that not everything that they're told by the DM is true, just because the lower-level wizard in the corner or the rogue has some bit of information doesn't mean that that's not actually an agent of the cult at hand who is getting them to trust him to then run around in circles while the cult goes in the opposite direction. So there's always these elements that you can use to delay or push forward or just have some fun with the adventure, and all of them can come through at the tavern. Additionally, the chef, or so, which is sometimes the barkeep, but is it can be another notable character, the cook, the person who makes all of the food and drink happen, that's a good opportunity to have some smaller adventures that possibly grow into larger ones. The ingredients of a secret recipe is a common trope that can be used in many ways. Cooks want to have the opportunity to cook with something new, or possibly just save money by convincing the adventurers to do a bit of extra hunting for them so that they don't have to pay the local butcher. I once ran a smaller quest to get characters familiarized with a smaller sized, uh, not quite village, but a, a town of smaller size. And in it, there was a priest and a tavern keep. And there was also rumor of a more minor mundane magical item at a, a local area, or that it possibly, I can't remember exactly, I think it may have been stolen by some bandits or something like that, or found in a temple but never turned into the town, of an item called the Soup Stone. It was a small, smooth rock, um, reminiscent of a story, some, some may know the story of the Soup Stone, where the, the, the original fable, you know, a person says that they have a magical rock and they drop it in water, and they say that it'll, you know, magically make a soup, but they just want a couple of extra ingredients, and so everybody in the town brings one small, tiny bit of ingredient and throws it in, and that actually makes the soup. Well, in this campaign, the Soup Stone itself actually was a mundane magical item that, for a small number of times a day could be put into a bowl of water and a command word spoken and a warm soup would be magically manifest. It would be enough to provide a single meal uh, or keep someone from starving for a day. 
So the priest, of course, wants this to be able to provide free meals to the hungry and to the homeless and to help the general welfare, as well as bring a little notoriety to their local church. Additionally, the tavern keeper also wants the soup stone because, hey, free ingredients allows him to have a high quality meal that can only be served a certain number of times per day. He could charge a fortune for this magical meal and give it a great name and be able to make a good chunk of money as well as some notoriety without having to spend any money on ingredients at all. Both of these characters want the soup stone, and while it's not the most powerful magical item in the game, it certainly could be useful to the players as something to get them food in a pinch, or allow them, you know, to create a soup. If, if you ever need soup from water, which I'm sure there are people out there that will find far more interesting ways of using that than me, um, <laughs> there could be a use for it to have a magical item, or just to sell it and make a profit. So it automatically puts the players in a position where they have to decide who is going to get the soup stone, and how is it going to be used? Who are they going to curry favor with? In my campaign, they kind of played one off of the other and allowed the tavern keeper to get the soup stone, but only if the dish was named after the local church and that the meal uh, would be free. And then the notoriety would still come to the tavern, and it would show that the tavern supported the local church and that the church also got, you know, kind of their support for being the ones funding this operation. And maybe uh, in the background, a little bit of tithing would possibly go from the church to the bar as sort of a uh, advertising fee sort of thing. All of these ways to have a small adventure that include some magic, that include some intrigue, a little bit of political stuff, some places to RP, and of course they had to fight for the stone, because of course they did. Uh, I think in my game, they actually went to a temple that had significance in another part of the story, but in which this item was uh, one of the magical items that was found on, in a chest or in a the you know rotting, tattered clothes of a decaying skeleton somewhere along the way. Additionally, other types of quest-type things, uh, of course, like we mentioned, monsters in the woods that can be fought or rare meats that may want to be acquired. Uh, other type of secret ingredients include things like uh, rare herbs and spices for, you know, the wandering trekker, the ranger, the druid, the person with high survival could be able to kind of hunt down that possibly or very probably are in a dangerous location, whether it be uh, tons of lower level creep vines or, or something uh, more dangerous, violet mushrooms, or even for some reason it, it only grows uh, in the, the droppings of a griffin is some rare mushroom that, that only grows. It, doesn't necessarily have to be gross, but something like that to get your players out and on an adventure with a reason to come back. And again, with that reason to come back is another reason to make sure that the tavern is well flushed out. So on top of that, you could do something a little bit, you know, more cooking focused. Uh, maybe a bake-off. You may not have to beat somebody at a game of cards. Maybe you could beat them at their own game. It, cooking is not a skill that a lot of players take, but I always encourage it. Um, of course, 5e, it's not quite the same, but 
putting even role play into cooking is a great way to, you know, use a skill, use something that's not seen as often and make it an important part of a campaign. Maybe if you can outcook somebody, you're able to get the information you want. Outperforming a task is always a pretty classic way of getting what you want. Additionally, the tavern is not just where characters meet, it's where everybody meets. And so it can be used as a way to get other characters into contact with each other, to see how they interact. Um, maybe you invite or find a way to forge an invite to the tavern for the lord and the pharmacist from the earlier description, just to see what happens when both of them meet each other unexpected in the same area at the same time. It's also a great way or a place that you can get a romantic adventure is always going to start, or not always, but can easily be kindled in a tavern. If two characters need to meet up to get closer to each other, it's probably going to start in a more public place like a tavern. So it's not just the players' adventures that start here, but the lives of many common folk all take place and take heart around the lowly or classy tavern. And whether the barkeep is friendly or slightly crass or in love with a local or just needs some ingredients or wants to prove their elven cuisine can actually take root in this dwarven town, no matter what the adventure is, the tavern is going to be a central location and should be given the appreciation and the care and the creative nature that it deserves. So paint up a good sign for it, give it a wonderful name, have a barkeeper or a tavern owner with some personality, make a hidden room or a cellar or a fight club or a secret store or shop, a black market, or a surprisingly upscale storage of finer goods. Rare things, rare wines, rare dishes, rare foods, rare items that need to be hidden in plain sight from the public eye. Of course, there can always be a story of what the giant skull on the wall is, who killed the monster, what the decor has to say about the town, and what the people have to say about the town. But give your taverns a little bit of attention. Give them some time, some thought, and some effort. And I guarantee you that your players will engage in more than just buying a bottle of wine. So that's all for the episode today. Please let me know your thoughts. There's a number of ways that you can get a hold of me, all of which will be available in the show notes, but I'm most active on Twitter at anddinners. That's A-N-D-D-I-N-N-E-R-S. I'm really excited to be sharing this journey with you, and remember, love is the secret ingredient. Have a good day, friend. Thanks for stopping by.